Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. We started last week talking about growing on the inside. We talked about healthy things grow. If you are healthy, inevitably you're going to grow. We talked about sanctification and how God calls us to be holy because he is holy. And we said that we can't reach holiness unless it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? I think every person wants to be a good person. But sometimes we just don't have the willpower to be able to say, I'm not going to do this that God doesn't like. But we also learned last week that the Holy Spirit, God granted him to us so that we could have the power that we don't have in our own selves to be able to reach and accomplish those things. How many say amen? So what we're going to do today is we're going to shift a little bit from internally to growing externally. Everybody say growing outwardly. Within every single person in this room, watching us online, watching us through YouTube, hearing us through the podcast, inside every single person, there is a desire and a need even to be influential. I don't know how many of you guys ever stood before the mirror in your bathroom, grabbed the hairbrush, and started belting out your favorite Mariah Carey tune, or your favorite Tori Kelly, or Lecrae song. And how many of you guys have ever done that? We make pretend that we have a huge audience applauding us. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a baseball player. And I remember where I used to live in Hialeah, we had like a little townhouse, and there was a wall in the back that I always used to go with a tennis ball, and I used to put a glove. I'm lefty, so I used to put my glove on my right, and I used to throw the ball, and I used to dive and catch it. I make pretend I was Derek Jeter, and I was uh, Ozzie Smith, and I was doing these amazing plays, and the 60,000 capacity stadium was applauding my play. Why do we do these things? It's because on the inside, we are all hardwired. God hardwired us with the ability to imagine our lives becoming great, and becoming influential. Tell the person next to you, God created you to be influential. God created you to be great. God uses ordinary people like you and me and gives us leading roles in his God stories. He uses people that are ordinary, but he brings them in and connects them to his purpose. And God's purposes are great, let me tell you. And he does it with the ability so that you can be a part of God's stories. And I want you to go quickly to the book of John. And we're going to see some of Jesus' words. John chapter 15, verse 5, says the following. Jesus said, yes, I am the vine. So what is Jesus? He's the vine. And then he says, you are the branches. What are we? The branches. So maybe you've never seen a vine before. Um, but picture a tree, a fruit tree, a mango tree. I'm sure you guys have seen a mango tree here in South Florida, right? Or an avocado tree. So picture the tree, the trunk, that's Jesus, and we are what? We are the branches. And he says this, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me or disconnected from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying two things here. He's saying that we are the branches and that he is the trunk. He is the vine. And that there's two different results. And I want you to analyze your life 
based on these two results that Jesus gave. Because we're not here to waste our time. We're not here just to come and hear a nice service and sing a few songs and say, Oh, Lord, I checked off the beginning of my week going to your house, so I'm a good person. We're here because we want God to use us. We want heaven to be established on earth. How many say amen? Anybody here with me? You guys are really quiet today. Okay, we want heaven. We want God's kingdom to be established, not just in our lives, but in our house, in the people that we know that are going through stuff. We want them to experience that there is true transformation and that there is miracles still happening. We'll get to that in just a little bit through the power of Jesus Christ. So check out these two different results and analyze your life up to this point by each and every one of them. Number one, it talks about this first result. Those who remain in Jesus will produce much fruit. That's the first group of people. Those who remain in Jesus will produce, not sometimes, if you are connected to the vine, if you remain in Jesus, you inevitably will produce much fruit. And the second, the second result is those who remain separated from Jesus can do nothing. Now let me ask you, which group do you want to belong to? You want to be a part of those that don't reach anything, or you want to be a part of those that reach and produce many fruit, all right? So my assignment today, what God brought me here and what I'm supposed to be doing is to, it's kind of like a dual role. Number one, and I'm sorry for this, but I'm here to make you feel a little bit dissatisfied with yourself. Sometimes it's, it takes you being dissatisfied and saying, look, there's more. Have you ever woken up and said, there's more? To life than this. There's more that, that I should be seeing. That There's more stuff that should be happening around me. Anybody ever have that type of right thoughts when you wake up in the morning? Well, I want you to feel a little bit dissatisfied with yourself in your walk with Christ. And second of all, what I want to do today through God is challenge you to commit yourself to making an eternal impact in the lives of others. It's not just about you. Christianity is not focused on an individual. It's not focused on you. It's focused on others. So help me preach today since you guys are so quiet. I'm going to give you some participation. Why don't you tell two or three people around you and tell them for real. Don't just look at me. Like, uh, tell them God wants to use you to impact those around you. So let's go to the word of God. This is what we're going to be studying today. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And before we do that, let's pray. Father God, I pray that as I read your words, God, that it won't just be words like any other words or like a lecture. I pray that these words will find their way inside every single heart in this place. And that just like your word says about itself, that it would transform us, transform the way we see others, transform our attitude and how we serve you and with what passion we serve you. And I pray, God, that you would be able to transform every single heart of every single person in this place, starting with mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, Mark 16, verse 15. Everybody there? The Word of God says this. And he, being Jesus, told them, go into all the world, into all the world, sorry, and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. 
If you've been in church long enough, you know that this is, we call this what? The Great Commission. The Great Commission. It's, it's not a small commission. It's a great commission. And Jesus is telling his disciples, after he resurrected, he's telling them, look, this is what you guys need to focus your, the rest of your lives to do. I think that a lot of time has passed, but I don't think that that mandate has changed. I think that if you consider yourself a Christian and if, you're, if you had an experience with God, a true encounter, not a religion, but a relationship, I think that this passage should change how you see life, how you operate, how you walk in life, because it makes all the difference in the world. If you continue reading this passage, and we'll, we'll continue reading in just a bit, you're going to realize that these are literally Jesus' last words. He said them just before rising up and going to be with the Father. And he did that in the sight of all the disciples. So I want you guys to picture this. There's about 12, maybe there was 120 disciples, which are the followers of Jesus. Jesus had been dead. He came out of the tomb like we celebrated a few weeks ago. And during 40 days, he just started appearing with a glorified body to people. He just started showing up like a ghost. You know, hey, here I am. You know, I'm not dead. Uh, just some crazy stuff. And then right before going to the Father, he has this conversation, which changed the history of Christianity. And he tells them, look, I'm, I'm going to go to be with the Father, but this is the last thing I want to press on into your spirit. This is what I want you to live by. This is going to be your, like, your, your model, what you're going to do as my church. And he says, listen, go into every place and preach the good news. Share the gospel to every single person. And he starts sharing this. And I want you to, I want you to understand what is a commission. We call this the Great Commission. If you go to the dictionary, you understand that a commission is an instruction, or better yet, a mandate or a duty given to a person or group of people. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. A commission is a mandate. It's not an option. It's not, hey guys, you want to follow me? Well, you know, you have the option. You can, you know, please, I encourage you. I motivate you to do this. No, a mandate is a mandate. It's like, this is what you guys are going to do. And as a church of Christ, God called us and he gives us a mandate to be able to share the word of God with everybody that surrounds us. To preach the bad news, is it? Preach the what? The good news of the gospel because the goodness, the, the gospel is good news. It's good news of salvation. It's good news of redemption. It's good news of promises that God has left us. So I want you to understand this, because we're talking about a mandate that is not optional. It's what God told us to do. So please understand that when we talk about heaven and we talk about the kingdom of God, we are talking about a kingdom. It's not a democracy like we have here in the United States of America. Kingdoms are governed very differently than a democracy. In this kingdom, there's only one king, and who's the king? Jesus. We call him or the Bible calls him, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. How many say amen? How many here worship him? Amen. So there is a kingdom. Jesus is the king. In a kingdom, you don't vote the king in. There's no electoral process. The king governs, and he is the man. How many say amen? So in a kingdom, there's no government. There's no senate. There's no house of representatives. There's no cabinet. The king 
rules and he commands, if you want to be a part of the kingdom, you are going to follow by what the kingdom mandates. How many say amen? So the king rules. You got to play by the rules. The last mandate Jesus left us. And how many of you guys consider yourself Christians? How many of you guys consider yourself believers? Raise your hand so I could see it. All right. This is about the time that everybody gets lazy because you just had lunch or you're, you're hungry because you came to the first service too and you're thinking about lunch. All right. So we got to break that a little bit today. But uh, we are followers of Christ, Christians, and the last mandate. You know, when somebody's about to die, the last words that come out of their mouth sometimes are the most important. You know, there's no, there's no BS, there's no anything else, any, you know, it's what's important. If that person had grudges against any other person, those grudges are forgotten because what I'm going to say now, it's going to transcend my life. It's important. I want to get this point across. And what Jesus says is that, man, this is what's most important for the kingdom of God. Preach the gospel to every single person. It's a mandate. It's a commission. I want to read to you a story. This is a real story that happened with a young man called Christopher Sears, or Cersei. Christopher Cersei, he was playing basketball. Any of you guys play basketball? Any ballers here? All right. He was playing basketball with his friends. This happened in May 16th. 1998, a few years ago. And while he was playing basketball with his friends on the court, he was shot in the chest and a bullet pierced his aorta. His friends helped him get within 40 feet of the Ravenswood Hospital entrance. And then his friends went inside running and called for help. Help, help. Hospital staff refused to help Christopher, saying that it was against hospital policies to administer aid to people outside of the hospital. So finally, after a few long minutes, a police officer found a wheelchair, sat Christopher in, and took him inside the hospital where he was helped by the hospital staff. However, however, it was too late, and Christopher died about an hour later. Let me ask, for those that are parents here, how would you feel if Christopher was your son? And even if you're not a parent yet, I mean, if you have any, any level of humanity, how would you feel if a best friend, if your parent, something happened to your parent and they couldn't treat him because, because of a technicality and, and he died right there before? How would you feel? Outraged. If that was, if that was my son, I'd want to rip somebody's head off, all right, and then repent afterwards. But I'd be, I'd be livid. What do you mean you can't? He's dying right there. I mean... Forget about the policies. Save somebody's life. But check this out. It often seems that churches are surrounded by people who desperately need to hear the gospel. But Christians are content to share it only with those who make it inside the church. Isn't this the case sometimes of how we act as Christian people? I mean, we know that the only way to get to heaven is through salvation. It's through accepting the sacrifice that Jesus did right outside your house, living next to you, working next to you, working with you, are people that have never, have never made that decision and don't even know that that's the only way to get to heaven. And yet, we come here and we sing our songs and we, we enjoy our time here together, but we don't have a passion to be able to reach the lost. On a day like today, this church should be full. We should, we should be holding services in Marlins Park. 
based on the needs of the city. Hello, anybody with me here? Based on the needs of how many people are hurting and how many people are looking for an answer in the wrong places. Man, we should be holding services in stadiums. And, but what's wrong? We are just so, you know, nonchalant about it and we just, we're saddled to, you know, just have our services here when there's people dying. Now, I want to be able to clear this up for you because God never said to go out into the world and save people. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm not a savior. And tell them, you're not a savior either. That's not God's commandment. God didn't tell us, go and save the world. He told us what? He gave us a mandate and he goes, go and share the good news. Another version says, preach the gospel. The gospel is good news. Tell people what Jesus represents. Tell people that are hurting that Jesus still heals. Jesus heals broken hearts. Jesus restores. If you've lost stuff in life, you could recover those things in Christ. God is all for us. But we need to communicate that to the world. We preach. We model. But he saves. How many say amen? He transforms. So go all over the world and preach the gospel. And it brings, to an, brings me to an anecdote that I've shared many times in the past, and it's popular. You can find it on social media. But it's, a, it's about a guy pushing a rock. Because sometimes in our Christian life, we can get frustrated. And, and God called this guy, and he told him, listen, I want you to, this is going to be your job. And the guy was sick. He had a physical disability. And God tells him, listen, I'm going to give you a job. All you have to do is 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock, you're going to push this rock. Monday through Friday, five days a week, during those nine hours, you are going to just push this rock. And the guy said, yes, God spoke to me. How many of you guys would be super ecstatic if God spoke to you and gave you clear direction and instructions, right? Well, God told, talked to this guy. He was excited. He says, God, count on it. That's it. I'm going to be pushing this rock like nobody's ever pushed a rock before. So he's pumped. He's excited. I heard from God, yes. So he starts pushing the rock, and he starts pushing the rock on a Monday at 8 o'clock. Monday, 12 o'clock comes around. Lunchtime, he's still pushing the rocks. I'm going to have lunch. I'm determined to do this. I'm determined. I'm pumped. So he starts pushing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, week one, week two. A month passes by, and, you know, he's, he's still motivated, but not as much as before. So month two comes around, month three, he's, and he started to get, he's starting to receive these thoughts saying, listen, um, I've been faithful, I've been doing this, but I haven't seen the rock move a millimeter. So he starts letting thoughts come into his mind saying, man, listen, this is a, this is a waste of time. You know, you're not, you're not getting anything done. Why, why are you doing this? Why would God have you do something and there's no result in it? I mean, just, you know, you're wasting your time. And then he started letting those thoughts come in. But because he was a believer, he kept praying to God and God kept saying, look, just keep on doing what what I called you to do, and so he shook off those thoughts, and like, well, we should, and he kept on pressing on the rock and pushing it and pushing it, and after a year, finally, God comes up to him, and he says, how are you doing, and he was demoralized. It's like, God, I've been pushing this rock for a year, and I haven't moved it a millimeter, and God tells him, listen, you remember when I called you that you were sick and you had a disability? Well, where'd that disability go? And the guy didn't even notice, but he had been healed. During this whole year, he realized that after 
for pushing that rock, you know, he got muscle, he got in shape, you know, you can see his veins, he's a, he, he's a lot stronger than what he was, he's more resilient. And God told him something that he tells you today, listen, I never called you to move the rock. My instructions to you were never to move the rock, I just asked you to push the rock. And you did that, even when the thoughts of giving up came, you persevered, so now, me, in my power, I will move the rock. So what does that mean for us? Sometimes we get, we get discouraged because we're pushing the rock. And maybe you stopped pushing the rock a long time ago. And you stopped sharing the gospel to people. You stopped talking to people about Jesus and what he's done in your life and about how great he's been and how every time that you had a need, you, you have somebody that you can go to and there's power, supernatural power, to get direction and to get answers from him. But you know what? Maybe you push the rock and you let those thoughts get to you. And because you didn't see the results that you were expecting, you've given up. But I want to tell you something, that God never called you to move the rock. God never called you to save a person. God never, never called you to heal a person. He just told us, share the gospel. That's all. Just push the rock. Tell somebody close to you, push the rock. And quit complaining. Push the rock. Now, I want to I push this to the next level because it gets better. Tell the person next to you it gets better. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. When you share the word of God, that's why you can't share something that you don't know. You have to read the word of God. It's living. It's powerful. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 about itself, it says, it is the same way, or it is, it is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always, everybody shout always. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do, and it will prosper everywhere. Everywhere I send it. So it's talking about God's word. When you share God's word with somebody, you're not just saying and shooting words to the air. And, you know, sometimes, like it happened, I shared uh, an instance. We went evangelizing and talking to people about Jesus uh, a few months ago in our old temple, or for a few years ago, actually, with Enier. He was here in the first service. And I remember we partnered up with people, and we went two by twos, and we just sh started walking around the streets and talking to people about Jesus. And I remember we came up to this guy, and he says, if you're going to talk to me about religion or about politics, I don't want to talk to you at all. So sometimes when we're sharing about the good news of Jesus, there's going to be people that are not going to want to hear it. They're going to say, they're going to stop you in your tracks, and they're not going to want to hear it. What should we do? Keep pushing the rock. Keep pushing the rock. There's going to be other people that are going to come, and they're going to, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. Okay, are you done? They're, it's going to look like on the outside that they don't care. But what did we just read about the Word of God? You see, when you talk to people about what God says in his word, the word of God is alive. When you share and you speak, or even, you know, when, when the worship team writes songs, and it's not just your inspiration, but it's the word of God you include, to, and you add to your inspiration, the word of God, there's power being released every time you say the word of God. So there could be people that are saying, look, I don't want, 
I don't care about Jesus. I don't care about anything. But something's happening on the inside. What you share is a seed. When you push the rock, a seed is being planted inside a person's heart. And God, in his timing, will make that seed grow. You know, most of us are Hispanics here, or at least from Hispanic descent. And I always, I always like sharing this example because there's a lot of people that come to the United States. They had people in their country talk to them left and right in their work about Jesus. And they were probably not wanting to have anything to do about Jesus. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. But they come to the United States and that seed that somebody thousands of miles away years ago planted in God's timing here in the United States starts sprouting. And now they're here and they're serving God. As a matter of fact, many of you guys have that kind of testimonies that were born somewhere else. You know what? The person that shared that seed and that shared the gospel never probably found out that now you're a Christian and now you're influencing others. But that person pushed the rock. That person pushed the rock, believed God, and said, I don't care what kind of reaction I feel because I'm not doing this for the person's reaction. I'm doing this because God, it's a mandate of God, and if I'm going to follow God, this is a kingdom. I need to do everything that he called me to do. So I'm just going to pursue it. I'm going to continue sharing the word of God with the people in my school, with the people that I work. And some will open their hearts, and they'll have a God encounter right then and there. But other people, two years down the road, five years down the road, 50 years down the road, that little seed that you sowed will start sprouting. Now, here's the amazing thing about this. Because God didn't just give us his word. Tell the person close to you, tell them, God didn't just give us words. He gave us power. And I want to share this with you because God promised to give us miraculous signs. Listen, and as a church, we cannot ignore this. Because if you ignore this or if you doubt about this, you will never see it come to pass. You see, the things of God, you receive them and they manifest when you believe them. It's called through faith. And faith is just believing. I don't have to understand how it works. I don't have there. there it doesn't have to have logic because most of the time kingdom principles are illogical. I just have to believe it. Amen? How many people of faith do we have here in JTB Church? How many people of faith do we have in this place that are believing that this week God's going to use you in a supernatural way to heal someone or to bring the kingdom of God into somebody's difficulty or need? Anybody? Anybody believing? That is all God needs. You don't need to have 20 years being in the church. You don't need to have a, theo uh, a theology degree. You just need to believe. And I'll prove it to you. Mark 16, right where we were reading, now we're going to read 17 and 18. It says this, These miraculous signs will accompany those who have been attending JTB Church for 20 years. Let's say that. Those who what? Believe. That's the prerequisite. It's just a matter of believing. My prayer is that every single person in this place and that came in the 10 o'clock service would leave this place transformed with this word, believing that this is for them in this time and they start applying it for tomorrow. That's, that's what I'm believing because God is desperate to get his life into people that are dying out there or that are desperate out there. And he can't do it unless you partner with God and unless you believe. So 
you're probably asking, well, what are the miraculous signs? Well, it lists five here, and I want you to read them one by one with me. The first one says, they will cast out demons in my name. How in the world are you going to cast out demons if you don't even know that there's demons around? There's a spiritual world that we can't see. And there's angels that work on our behalf and serve us, but there's also demons that try to influence us to do things that are not in agreement with God. The Bible gave us authority for all those who believe to cast out demons in Jesus' name. To see a person that's being influenced. I don't know. I've never been depressed before, but now there's a spirit of depression over your life. You know what? I'm going to bind it in Jesus' name. I'm going to order it to leave, and you're going to be set free. Casting out demons. How many say amen? We don't hear a lot about that these days, but it's in the Word of God. How many of you believe the Word of God is real? All right. It's also, it talks about speaking, and they will speak in new language. Verse number 17. Speaking in tongues. The Bible talks about angelic and celestial languages. Why is that such important? Number one, it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is flowing through you. And it benefits you and other people that you're going to connect with in the sense that when you speak these angelic languages, the devil doesn't even know what you're talking about. Your spirit connects with God's spirit and you're communicating and the devil is like, what in the world is he saying? Because the spirit realm right now, there's angels in this place. We can't see them, but they hear us. When you're walking in your street and you're saying, man, I'm such a screw up. There's spirits of evil that are listening to your declaration and you're binding yourself with your own words. There's spirits that are taking your words and enslaving you. So what happens when you start speaking in these angelic language, and if you've never asked God for this, you should. God, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me. I want to I speak in these angelic languages that you say that you give to those people that really search for, for your presence. And when you're speaking, you're interceding for yourself, and it's you and God, and no demon, no devil can interfere with that relationship. How many say amen? That's another miraculous sign. So we talked about casting out demons. We talked about speaking a new language. Here's number three. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. Any of you guys ever try to grab a snake? Huh? Some people are good at that, and they know exactly where to grab them. You know, brave wilderness. Uh, but, you know, I'm not of that camp. I don't mess with snakes. I don't have much experience to mess with snakes, right? I'd rather chop the head off with a machete or something like that. <laughs> But the Bible is talking about things that are dangerous. We don't have much snakes here in Florida, but we got COVID. It says you should grab COVID-19 with your hand and it shall not harm you. That's why a Christian should never be freaked out about a virus or about any danger. Because when the Holy Spirit is upon your life, you have dominion over these things. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, this is the fourth one, it won't hurt them. And then last but not least, they will be able to place their hands on the sick. You see, this is why we do this. Place their hand on people that are sick. And what does it say? And they will be healed. Listen, these are five miraculous signs that God gives all those who what? believe. That's it. So it's just simple. It's do you believe or don't you believe? Some of you guys tomorrow 
will bump into somebody in your family or at work or in the street that's sick. Sick physically or sick mentally or sick in their hearts, emotionally. And you could either say, man, poor person, you know, I feel for that person. Or you could take authority and believe and say, I want to pray for you because if I pray for you, God's going to heal you. Or what? Do we believe or don't we believe? You see, God is waiting for crazy people to believe him so that he could do what you can do. God's not calling you to push the rock or move it. Sorry. He's not calling you to move it. He's just saying, push it. Say it. Release the word. Believe it and watch me do the miracle. You know why do we don't see miracles? Because we don't push. Because we don't push the rock. Our level of Christianity or our idea of Christianity is just coming to church on Sundays and having a good time, you know, singing our nice songs, being in a nice air conditioning building, comfortable. And yet there are people like Christopher out there that are 40 steps from our churches, dying, suffering, hopeless, and we are just cool about it. So what happens when we start understanding what the gospel is and how Jesus went to the cross because we really needed them. We really needed him. If he wouldn't have gone to the cross, we wouldn't have had salvation. So Jesus saw a need and he said, look, whatever it takes, even if it takes giving up my own life. Well, now, having received that, will we be able to do the same for other people? Are you willing to bear your own cross and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to take a risk on people, and I'm going to manifest the power of God, and I'm going to believe that this is for me. I'm going to take a hold of this mandate and say, God, I'm going I'm to be your reflection here on earth, and whatever you want to do, you can use me. Whatever you want to do tomorrow, and I'm going to give you an action plan for tomorrow because we're going to put this into practice, all right? Otherwise, it's just an emotional message, and it doesn't get anywhere. But we're going we're gonna to manifest God's power in the next coming week, and it's going to become a habit for us to do for the rest of our lives. How many say amen? Are you guys excited? Am I the only one excited about this? All right. Verse number 19. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples, what did they do? They went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them. Everybody say, they pushed the rock. That's all God told them to do. Preach the gospel. And what did they do? They preached. And then look what happened. The Lord, not them, the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. By many miraculous signs. Listen to the correlation. If we are the branches and we're connected to the vine, connected to the trunk, we'll bear many fruit. And now it's saying that these disciples, because they were connected to Jesus, they made the mandate their passion. Now they see many fruit or many miraculous signs. I want you to close your eyes for a second. Everybody in here, close your eyes. And I want to challenge you to think about this. In the last 30 days, or in the last year, 
the fruits that you've given, does it, does it show that you are connected to the vine or do they show that you're disconnected to the vine? Because this is, this is what I do every time I hear a message. I evaluate myself. I go, God, what are you trying to tell me personally? So think about your life the last 30 days. Think about your life the last 12 months and say, is, does my life show signs that I'm bearing many fruits? A lot of people are coming to know Jesus through me. There's miracles happening left and right where I work, in my home, and, or, or is nothing going on? You can open your eyes now. If there's nothing going on, don't take this personally. This is, a, this is a call of love from God to you. But it's God saying, listen, you're disconnected. There's still time. Connect yourself to me. Because without me, you can do nothing. And if you're bearing fruits, stay connected to the vine. Don't get, don't get disconnected. Don't let things of this world, because we live in a city that there's so much to do. There's so many options. There's so many things competing for your time. And if you have family and if you have, you know, young kids, there's so many things. And sometimes you just got to be, you got to really sit down and say, man, look, this is my passion. This is what God called me. This is the mandate for which I am alive. I can't leave this out. This has to be a priority and that everything else will fall into place. So, JTP Church, we need to speak and reflect Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Y'all really quiet today. We need to speak and reflect Jesus. Anybody willing to do that? Because maybe I'm in preaching in the wrong place. Okay. We need to speak and reflect Jesus. For that, we need courage. Everybody say courage. We need to overcome the fear. What if I pray and nothing happens? That doubt does not come from God. God says that he's going to give these miraculous signs for all those who believe. So there's no option for a person to believe that believes for doubt. There's no room for doubt. We need wisdom. We need grace. We cannot be lazy. Hello? We can't be lazy as a church. We cannot be indecisive. Oh, I'll do it. I won't. I do it. I won't. We can't be indecisive. We can't be indifferent. We can't be like, like the Levite and the priest that saw the man dying on the street and say, oh, somebody else will take care of him. We can't be indecisive. We can't be indifferent. And I want to finish off by reading to you this verse that I read yesterday that really impacted me. Proverbs 24.10. I pray that you sow this into your heart. Read it in your home slowly and meditate on this verse this week. I, I challenge you. Oh, it'll change you. Proverbs 24.10 through 12. It says, if you fail under pressure, it means your strength is too small. If you fail under pressure, it means your strength it's too small. Anybody could be strong when there's no pressure. Question is, when you're in pressure, in a situation of pressure, will you still be strong or will you fail? So God is calling you today with love, because God always calls us with love. He's always encouraging. He wants you to be more than what you are. If you've been disconnected, he wants you to be connected. If you're partially connected and, you know, the life is not flowing as well as God wants it to flow, hey, hey, come, become fully connected. 
But he's asking you, will you share my love and power with others? Not just his love, not just his words, but his love and power with others. Will you be courageous? Will you be bold? And then verse 11 says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. And I want you to see this with a spiritual connotation. Because everybody that is far from Jesus, separated from the vine, is, is doomed to a life of destruction. But God says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them. Tell the person next to you, save them. Save them as they stagger to their death. And then he challenges us, don't excuse yourself. Because that's what we do as Christians sometimes. Lord, somebody else will get to them. I'm too busy. I don't have time. Don't excuse yourself by saying, oh, look, we didn't know. It's time to stop pretending to belong to the kingdom and start demonstrating that we are part of that kingdom. Stop pretending and start manifesting and start demonstrating. And then verse 12 says, For God understands all hearts, and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew, and he will repay all people as their actions deserve. I want you to understand this, that God rewards every action in favor of his commission. You want to see God's supernatural provision, direction, instruction, protection, all the uns in your life? Make, the man, make his mandate yours. Push the rock. Share the gospel. Share the word. Overcome the fear. Take risks of faith to pray for people and watch God work in a crazy way. You know why we don't see so many miracles nowadays? Because a lot of us just don't believe. We all have the opportunity to believe that God is just a religion, that we come here to church and we listen to a word, or you can believe everything that this word says, and it's a whole lot more, let me tell you. It's about manifesting the kingdom of God, bringing healing into hearts, changing people's lives. Every human was created by God to be an influence on earth. This is what God did. He took you from eternity. And he placed you in a human body for what? To influence earth. To influence people. Don't confuse influence for fame. Fame is not influence. Fame fades. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. You could do some amazing things today. 20 years down the road, a new generation arises, doesn't even know what you did. Unless they go to the history books. Right? Influence is also not about being popular. It's about being impactful. It's about connecting with the heartbeat of heaven and God finding a person that believes him and that is ready to act and has faith enough to believe that God will act. The church of Christ. Look what Matthew 13, 33. I didn't read this in the first service, but Jesus used this illustration. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a yeast a woman used while she was baking bread even though she only put a little bit of yeast in three measures of flour it permeated every part of the dough well the church of Jesus Christ is like the leaven that permeates and influences the entire dough when you start manifesting the kingdom of God 
man, people are going to start running to you. Because there's a lot of need out there. There's a lot of people tired of word. There's a lot of people that want to see the power. What, what made the difference in Jesus' ministry? Jesus wasn't just words. He was healing the sick. He was multiplying the breads. He was delivering the captives. You see, Jesus always had this wow factor. And as Christians, that wow factor is available to you. When you push the rock and you commit and you're, this, and you're willing to believe God for crazy things. I don't know how many of, of your faith has been shaken today. Anybody have, has had their, shake faith, their faith shaken today? Anybody? That you feel that God's pushing you to greater things? So I want to close by this. Everybody stand up and please give me your attention for the next five minutes or maybe even less, three minutes. But this is what I want to do because we're going to have an action plan for this. As you're sitting there, don't ever think that you're too imperfect, that you're too far off for God to use you. God once got a lady that she had been married four times, divorced, and now she was with a man that wasn't even her husband. She must have stolen it from some other chick. Messed up life. And Jesus said, listen, the reason why you keep turning to men is because you have a need in your heart. You just need me. But if you let me give you the water, the living water that I offer, you'll never be thirsty again. And you know what she did? She had come to get some water at the well, like people used to do back then. She was open. Jesus filled her. And immediately she went and told her whole town about what Jesus did. And her whole town came to see what was the deal about Jesus. She didn't have to do a seminar. She didn't have to do a theology degree. And that's the beauty of the gospel. You don't have to know about the Bible. It's good that you do know. But if you're just committed and you say, God, I want to be used by you. I'm going to be used. I want to be used by you. I'm going to push the rock. I'm going to speak to people about you. And I'm not going to hesitate. And I'm not going to be faithless when I see a need. And that's the plan of action. This is what we're going to do. Tomorrow, we're going to start being influential. You guys remember Operation Desert Storm when we got into a, the Gulf War back in the days? Well, this is going to be Operation Influential. We're going to wage war, but against the spirits of evil. And we're going to influence the kingdom of God, people into the kingdom of God. So how are we going to do this? Okay, super easy. We're going to wake up a little bit earlier than we're used to. And in our prayer time, we're going to ask God to connect us with somebody that needs him throughout our day. Is that simple or what? That's it. You just go and you say, God, I want to be influential. I want to be used by you. So connect me with somebody that needs you, with somebody that has a need. That's the first step. We're going to pray about it. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to keep our eyes open. We're going to be working. We're going to be doing everything. But in our spirit, we're going to be vigilant. And we're going to be waiting for opportunities because I guarantee you, every time you do this prayer, God's going to connect you with someone. 100% of the time. So you're going to keep your eyes open. You're going to wait and see God bringing you somebody in school or somebody that you work with or somebody that needs God. And there's the divine connection right there. And then what we're going to do is we're going to share Jesus and pray for any need, no matter how difficult. 
And I want you guys to do this. I want you to keep your eyes open for needs. And if somebody doesn't manifest them, ask. Because you know what? Every single person has a need. Every single person has a need. One day, Jesus was walking with his disciples and there was a blind man and his disciples said, Jesus, who sinned for this man to be blind? Did he sin or did his parents sin? And Jesus said, look, nobody sinned. He's blind so that the glory of God would be manifested. And God's going to connect you with people that are in difficult situations exclusively just so that the glory of God will be manifested in that person's life through healing, through deliverance, through whatever need that person has. So we're going to ask, do you have any need? I want to pray for your need. And this is, we're going to be bold. We're going to be bold. We're going to be courageous. We're going to say, listen, if I pray for your need, God's going to do the miracle. Remember, we have to believe. Faith is what moves the hand of God. So we're going to believe. Listen, I have confidence that if I, I pray for you, God is going to work the miracle. Would you let me pray for you? And then just pray. Push the rock and watch God do the supernatural. You're not going to heal. Don't worry about it. You're not going to deliver. You're not going to do. God is going to do that. But he can't do that unless you believe and you take a risk of faith. Anybody here willing to risk your reputation? And risk, come on, any hands going up? Risk and say, God, I'm going to do this. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm just going to trust you. And that's all God needs to manifest his power. He's looking for people to believe him. Don't be afraid to force God to work in favor of somebody. God expects you to declare and speak things into existence. And then just sit back and watch how God moves the stone. Watch how God does the supernatural. I want to pray for you guys today because I believe that you guys have been appointed by God and that I'm believing that this week we're going to see supernatural, crazy miracles, crazy divine connection, crazy things happen. And God is going to use you and he's going to use me to bring it about. How many of you are believing that? Father God, I thank you because you called us to be a mighty church. You didn't call us to be settled. You didn't call us, God, to, to lay back and just watch people die 40 feet, God, from the temple. God, you called us to go out into the world, into where they live, into where they work, and, God, be an answer to their problems, to pray, God. And, and God, you didn't just tell us that you're going to use us to bring life into them. You even gave us signs. You gave us wonders, miraculous things. And I believe, God, that from this day, we're going to start praying for this. God, as early as tomorrow, we're going to start praying that divine connection will start occurring. That you will connect us with people that are in need. God, and I declare a supernatural boldness coming upon us as we take steps of faith. God, to not settle for a powerless religion. God, but to press forward, God, to a life-changing relationship. And I declare, God, that your power is going to be evident, bringing healing to every heart, bringing healing to every body, transformation to every family. And we are going to see it with our own eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe in it, if you're ready, come on. Show God through a huge applause. Come on, give God glory in this place.